0: In this diocese, we do not have a shortage of vocations. We only have a shortage of people who are responding to God's call. That's the shortage. Thank you. You're, you're, you're going you're gonna to make me cry here easily I don't know if you know that, but I do <laughs> you know first of all it's a delight for me to be with you I mean it is a joy for me to be your bishop um seriously um you know when I got that call, I thought, oh my gosh, my life just been turned upside down again <laughs> you know it was it happened eight years prior to that, and I found, as I've said before in places that you know every place I've been sent um, that's that has been not asked of me, um, no one got my opinion ahead of time. Um, but every assignment has just been filled with you know so so many graces and blessings it's unbelievable i can't count i can 't count them there's so many, and I have every hope um, and every trust that it's going to be the same way here I mean what I've experienced the last two months, if this was any indication, you know. I, I'm never leaving. <laughs> but I want to, again, I reiterate what Father Andy said. You know, I want to thank you for attending. You know, um, I don't really know what this event was like before I came, but someone told me there's more people here this year um, than there has been in the past. And um, what does that speak of? You know, obviously it might speak because I'm here and you've never met me before. That's one thing. Um, but, but I think it's more than that, really. I mean, I think it's more than that. Um, I, 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 yes, it's part of it, but, you know, I want to thank you for your love for the church, you know. Your love for this diocese, you know, and the people here. Your love for your priests. Your love for your seminarians, and um, so it's an important night this is an important night i think for the diocese Um, every year it's an important night because it allows us to thank you for all your support and it also allows us as you all know that we need more of your support and so, so we're, grateful. we're grateful for that. And that's, as you saw in the beginning, um, the seminarians, some of the seminarians are here. It's great to see them, their smiling faces. The, the first few weeks of seminary must be good. They may not be smiling in another couple months. So enjoy their smile tonight. But thank you for taking the time to drive all the way up here um, to be with us. Your presence is, is very, very, very important. You know what I want to do tonight, Father Andy stole some of my thunder. I have to say, we should have talked before, um, but that's all right. Um, but I have a practical example of how is that's important. So, um, but I, what I want to do is I want to first ask you a question. And it kind of ties into what Father Andy said, but let me ask you, have you ever thought of yourself as a vocation recruiter? How many of you think of yourself as a vocation recruiter? There's like 10 hands, 15. 20? Do I have 30? Do I have 40? Do I have 50? (laughs) But you are. I mean, what is a vocation recruiter? Well, in terms of, of what I'm referring, it's someone who, as Father Andy said, who personally invites another to consider a vocation to the priesthood or the consecrated life. You know? How many of you are baptized? That's most of you. Anybody here that hasn't been want to be? I didn't see every hand up, so um, we can arrange that. There's a number of priests here, but it's part of your role as a baptized Catholic, whether you realize that or not, you know, and whether this recruitment happens within your own family whether this recruitment happens within your faith community or your circle of friends or whatever, it is the role of every baptized Catholic to really to be whom the Lord has called you to be through your baptism, and that's a vocation recruiter. He's the director of vocations, right? He directs them once they're in. He also helps recruit because that's part of his job as a baptized Catholic and a priest, right? Father Bill, who's not here this evening, he is the director of seminarians. I think, is that that his title? Something like that. So once they're in the seminary, he becomes responsible for them. But what happens prior to seminary, that's when all of you and me are responsible for them To extend those invitation. You know, it's so, it's so important. Um, wh- why is a personal invitation important? Not just for, for this, but for many things. You know, you, how many f- people do you know are not coming to Mass on Sunday? Lots of people you know. When was the last time you invited them to come with you? Have you thought about that? Think about that and pray about that, actually, because it's important, you know? When so many people are, are not coming, they're, they're lackadaisical in their faith, they're lukewarm. It's up to you, faith-filled Catholics, to help them and to nurture them back. That's our, that's our role, everybody's role as a baptized Catholic, okay? So a personal inv- invitation is important. Why? because it could change the course of a person's life. I'm going to share with you a little bit of my vocation story. In the interest of time, you'll give the cliff note version, because I don't have that much time. I don't want to take that much time. Come to October's first Friday mass to get the big picture um, if you want to hear more of the detailed story. But I I was ordained a priest when I was 39 years old. So I was an old guy, right? I had a flying career before that, and so on and so forth. Um, I went into the seminary at the age of 34, I think it was. So what did I do all that previous time? I said no to God, right? The The notion of priesthood entered into my level of consciousness my first year in college. And I thought, this is the most ridiculous thought I ever thunked before. And I said, there's absolutely no way am I interested in this because I wanted to get married and have a family. I could never be holy like all these priests, especially in college. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? (laughs) And my biggest fear in life was this, public speaking. And I thought, this is what priests do every day. I'm, I'm like, I've come out of my shell a lot, but you know the, the, the core of who I am, I'm an introvert, whether you believe that or not. But that's who I am, really. And so over the last years of my 25 years of priesthood, I've had to kind of move a little bit from becoming an introvert into the life of an extrovert. And so that's how I can come up here and do this, um, because I've, I've made the transition, if you will. But it wasn't always that way. It wasn't always that way. So I said no to the Lord for like 15 years to the priesthood because it wasn't what I wanted, right? And so just to make a long story short, I kind of got away from my faith for a while. I came back. Um, that's for another day, that whole story. Um, and um, I, I joined the parish as a single person, even got envelopes, <laughs> Right? Isn't, isn't that the first thing you get when you sign up for a parish's envelopes? They don't welcome you. They just give you envelopes. <laughs> that was my experience, anyway. Um, and so I, I began to get involved in the parish a little bit. and But it was kind of, I kind of came back to the faith. And, the, the, you know, this whole, you know, the, it wasn't really a, it was a, a it, it wasn't. A, I wouldn't call it like a big conversion, but it was. It was a reorientation of my life, and once that began, everything looked differently. A whole new set of lens, and it's a lens of faith, and my life began to change. And um, so, I joined this parish. I got involved with a few things. The choir was the first thing, and I think because there were some single women in the choir, <laughs> that was why. I mean, we all have an ulterior motive, right? And. Um, <laughs> And and so I, as I got more involved in the parish, I got to more meet meet more people. It was a very rural parish, out in the middle of the country, on a almost like a gravel road, a little country church. And um, I remember one day after I had been part of the parish for a while, I got a phone call from somebody from the parish, a woman in the parish, Ann Jacobowski, I still remember her name. Somehow she moved into Michigan a few years later. So she lives in Michigan somewhere. I'd like to I'd like to see her meet her again, so see her again so I could thank her for what she did. Do so you know what she did? She called me up one day out of the bloom and she said, Bob, we're starting a Bible study in the parish, the first one. And we're gonna study the Acts of the Apostles, and we want to invite you. And I said, like, really? <laughs> <laughs> I said, you know, and I was like twenty eight at the time, I think. And I'm, I'm so I'm sitting on this on the phone thinking, really a Bible study. Um, how could I say no to this? I said, um, you know, I, I don't you know I don't know you know if I don't know if I, I don't know if that's for me. That's what I told her. I said I don't I don't really know if that's for me. And I said. You know, I, I, I said, and I'm, I'm even kind of embarrassed to say, but so I'm 28 years old, right? <laughs> you know, the, the truth always comes out sometimes. But I said, I don't even own a Bible. I mean, how embarrassing is that, right? But how many of you owned a Bible when you were 28 years old? Huh? I don't see all the hands up. <laughs> so you must be telling the truth on that one. And she said, well, that's okay. You know, she said, that's okay. Um, she says if you can't afford one, we'll provide one. We can provide that for you. <laughs> I mean, I had no idea what a Bible cost. So she said, if you can't afford it, I thought it was expensive, maybe. <laughs> um, and I said, well, I don't know. She said, well, don't say yes or no right now. Don't, don't answer the question. Will you join us? She goes, I just want you to think about it and pray about it. Okay? And I thought, okay, good goodbye (laughs) I thought about it and I prayed about it Lord don't make me do this so (laughs) and and so what happened but it was that invitation she went out of her way to call me personally at home invited me to this Bible study and you know what I basically told her no on the phone I'm not interested but you know what I ended up going to that Bible study and that was the beginning of the rest of my life. I went there not knowing anything about it, not knowing the books of the Bible. You know, you listen to them on Sunday, kind of with um, daydreaming about everything else as the gospel being read. And I ended up being there. And I got involved, engaged in these groups, these small groups, um, as we went through the whole Acts of the Apostles and we were given homework assignments, and part of the homework assignment was these questions we had to answer that were part of the study and prayer, and so on and so forth. And it literally changed my life, you know. It set me on a path to priesthood. It set me on the path, because I got more involved in the parish and um, in other types of activities. Um, I did the. I went through the Bible study, and then her friend, <laughs> who was the DRE, called me one day um, and asked me to assist teaching um, religious education for sixth grade boys. Okay, I never taught anything in my life except flying. I used to. I was a flight instructor, and um, and much less. You know what the sixth-grade boys, what their curriculum was? It was the Old Testament. So here I am, kind of a new, renewed Catholic, being asked to help teach sixth-grade and the Old Testament. And I said, okay, I've got to draw the line here, you know. And she said, well, you don't have to do it. Just come and listen and watch me. And so I, I, I believed her for her word. <laughs> and like two weeks later, she said, Bob, oh, by the way, my second-grade teacher, second teacher is moving, and so I have to, I can't find another teacher. I thought, well, did you ask somebody like you asked me? <laughs> and she said, I gotta, I've got to teach that class this year, so... I'm going to leave this sixth grade class to you. And here's the teacher's manual. All you have to do is read the manual. And you can prepare your lessons plans from the teacher's manual. And so I thought, well, (laughs) okay. (laughs) I have a hard time saying no. So how can I say no and then leave and say, I don't want to do this either. And then she has to find another teacher. So I did it. And I did it for three years, actually, and it was really one of the best experiences of my life. But part of it, the reason I'm sharing this with you is because it was another invitation, a personal invitation to me. And from that time, the whole, as I began to think about this ministry I'm doing in the church, of course, I was a Eucharistic minister and elector and all that, but all of a sudden now, the priesthood was right in front of me once again. And now I could, at least at, some, at, at, that, at this time, begin to seriously think and pray about it. And so I began this discernment process. And oh, by the way, I was discerning marriage at that time, too, because I had been dating somebody for two years, this <laughs> close to getting engaged. <laughs> and so the Lord, you know how the Lord is. <laughs> 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 well... well for me, that's how he was, you know? And so I, be, I really had to begin to seriously discern this vocation, um, both vocations, beautiful vocations, right? Beautiful vocations. And, but as I prayed more and more about it and continued to desire to do the will of God for my life and ask the Lord to show me your will, then it became very evident that perhaps he was leading me down this direction in a way this direction and so finally I decided that you know I couldn't go through the rest of my life wondering if God was calling me to the priesthood so the only the only the the only thing to do was to break up with Linda quit my flying job (laughs) and go into the seminary and I did that I'm here today in front of you because of those two invitations. Invitations change people's lives. Invitations the Lord will use in ways you cannot possibly imagine. It doesn't matter if you invite somebody, you don't have to you don't need to necessarily know about the end result of it. It's the Lord. You're planting seeds. I've had so many priests. I was a vocation director for the diocese of Davenport for a number of years and I had so many priests tell me, you know, I wouldn't, I would have never thought about the priesthood unless, and, you know, but someone invited me to think about it. That's it, as Father Andy said, you know, invite somebody, people you know, your your siblings, your cousins, your nephews, your grandkids, your friends, whoever it might be. Identify those young men who you feel might have the potential, have the gifts and the talents um, to serve the Lord in such a way. And it's, just an, it's a seed that you're planting. And the Lord makes it grow, but if, if you never plant the seed, that seed will never grow. That's your role, is to plant seeds. An invitation, a simple invitation, reoriented the whole course of my life. That's why invitations are so important. And we need these invitations now more than ever. Why do I say that? We have four wonderful men in the seminary right now, right? We had three beautiful ordinations this past May, right? What's the future look like? Let me tell you. I had somebody run numbers for me. We have 85 priests in this diocese. Out of those 85, you can do the math, but we have 38 active priests, and those include priests of retirement age. It should be the other way around. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It should be the other way around. God bless all of these senior priests in this diocese. You know what a senior priest says? They've reached the age of retirement, right? And they're still working. God bless all of these senior priests in this diocese who generously give of themselves. Week after week after week to help us because we don't have enough, you know? Um, You know what happens when you get a little older and a little older and a little older, right? And age begins to catch up with you a little bit and you can't do what you used to be able to do? So so as they go into retirement full-time, who's going to take their place? They're going to come from those invitations which you are going to start extending to the people in your communities. That's where they're going to come from. So I'm just encouraging you um, that imitations are so important. They're so important. They change my life, and they will change the life of many people. Because that's how the that's how the Lord works, you know. So, what can you do for us as the people of God in this diocese of Saginaw? First of all, I think one thing is to continue to do what you're doing tonight. Continue to support. Um, us financially like you have this evening and yesterday for golf and um, continue to pray. Prayer is extremely important. Pray daily. you want to start praying daily for, you know, for an increase of vocations. Write on, right on your bathroom mirror, Lord Jesus, open the hearts and minds of young men, of a young man today so that he might answer your call. Write that on your mirror and pray that every day. Or something, use your own words, and I think the Lord will begin to you know, but it's 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 vocation work is is all of our work, okay um also take the time to fast for this intention. I know we didn't fast much tonight, <laughs> which is good because that wasn't the not the purpose of this event, but you know fasting and prayer the lord does will do tremendous things with he'll use our fasting and prayer. For his greater glory and for his purposes, so don't be afraid to skip a meal or two, but don't just do it so you can lose weight. <laughs> do it It has to be connected to prayer to have spiritual value, okay so put that into you bring that into your spiritual life in a way, and um, the Lord will use that for his greater glory you know as, as I used to say when you know when I was in vocation work. You know, we don't have a shortage of vocations. And I'll say that here in this diocese we do not have a shortage of vocations. We only have a shortage of people who are responding to God's call. That's the shortage. A shortage of of men and young women, we have a shortage they're not responding to the Lord's call. That's the shortage. You know, the Lord provides everywhere. There's plenty of vocations in this diocese. You and I, we have to call them out. Call them forth, you know. And support them. Because oftentimes, you know, even though a young man might want to become a priest, he may not have support from his family. You know. My father wasn't very supportive of my priesthood. My brother told me, I forgive you for what you're doing. (laughs) So, I'm just saying that because not every Person who desires to seek the will of God with their life is going to be supported, even by people who love them. That's the way it is. As a vocation director, many times I have my parents say, "Parents, not my parents, but parents say, I wouldn't want my son to be a priest. He wouldn't be happy." Well, how do you know what's going to make him happy? Only God knows what will make him the most happy and fulfilled. You know, so we have to sometimes we have to support. We have to support every young person who desires to pursue a vocation um, in the Lord's kingdom in that way. It's important. So that's what you can do. Identify those young men you feel who have the qualities that you'd like to see as your priests, right? qualities that you think this young person might have that would make him a good priest, and then tell him that and invite invite him to consider it. That's it. That's it. Invitations are the only thing that bring results, right? How many of you read the bulletin and answer ads in the bulletin and your parish says, nobody does that. It's about personal invitations. It's about personal invitations. And the, because the Lord uses your voice, he uses my voice as his instrument in this invitation. Okay? Um, so I'm- I think that's uh, all. (laughs) Invitation, invitation, invitation. Again, one invitation changed my life, and I'm standing in front of you tonight as a result of it. Never underestimate the power of an invitation. Amen? Amen. All right. So, it's, I think it's time to bring this beautiful evening to an end, at least the formal part of it. You can stay around if you want and chit chat and enjoy each other's company. But um, So, why don't we conclude this formal part tonight um, in prayer? And, you know, one thing I want to do, I not I bring And one of the great things about this, you can take this home with you and pray this prayer every day. Okay? We'll pray the one on the inside cover of this. Um, okay? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father of mercy and love, you have created us in your image. In baptism, you planted your love within our hearts So that we might reflect this precious gift in our love for them. Continue to bless your disciples as we discern your will for us. Lord, we thank you for sending these young men to to be our faithful servants. Bless our seminarians who are answering your call to follow Jesus in the time of discernment. Guard them as they serve. Amen. Instill in them the virtue of humility, weakness, and prudence; generosity, gratitude. So, fill their hearts with the holy spirit. Teach them to of to those who speak to that and act with reason. With her glorious smiles, so above all. Jesus your Son, our Lord. Amen. Heavenly Father, we praise and thank you for your love and for your mercy, for this evening, for the gathering of these faithful people, your faithful disciples. We come obviously with a purpose of really raising awareness and supporting our seminarians. But we also come to you as beggars, beggars in the kingdom, begging that you send us more young men and more young women who desire to follow your call to priesthood or religious life, deepen in their hearts this night, Lord, that desire. Give them the grace, the courage, all that they need to step forward in responding to that call so that they might serve you with great freedom and peace in their hearts. Give us always the grace to support them um, in their in their uh, vocation, in their call, and so that they might... Um, never be afraid to respond with Mary's yes, that that your will be done in their lives. So bless this community of faith who have gathered here tonight. Um, As they depart from here, bless their families. Lord, you know the deepest needs of their lives, the deepest needs of their hearts. So we ask you to pour that out in great abundance through the power of your Holy Spirit. We make this prayer through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go now in the peace of Christ. Be and God bless you all.